Hey everybody, this is Pastor Cor Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. Love Bible study. Now, uh, and I've been in a series for the last couple weeks called Voices, and I want to, we're, we're going to uh, close that, that uh, lesson out tonight. If you have your Bibles, turn me to the book of Genesis chapter 3, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 1. Genesis chapter 3, uh, beginning in verse 1. Genesis 3, beginning in verse 1. And listen, uh, remember again, Sunday we're springing forward. We're going to lose that hour of sleep. God help us. We're going to be tired. For some reason, that one hour be meaning the whole world, don't it? I don't know. Why, why is it so powerful? <clears throat> when you get it, you're so happy. And then when you lose it, you're just like, golly. But at least it won't be getting dark at 530. Thank you, Jesus. Right. Amen. Um, and it's going to be Kids Connect Sunday. It's going to be phenomenal. The Lord has given me a word, y'all. Dora the Explorer. Y'all don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss Dora the Explorer. Some of y'all are thinking, how is this man going to preach? Dora? Watch. Watch. <clears throat> but tonight we're going to talk about voices. Genesis chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. When you have it, just shout, I got it. I got it. Now the serpent was, the mo was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, he, Ye shall not eat it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. The serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For, for God doth know that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good, and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took up the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. Amen. And tonight I want to talk about the voice of the enemy. And I will talk about the voice of the enemy. Uh, let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for your word tonight and I thank you for uh, this great group that's here tonight. I pray tonight that you would speak to us through your word, that you would grow us, that you would encourage us, that you would teach us tonight. I pray that you would mature us tonight through your word. Lord, you say in your word that many perish because we lack knowledge. Tonight, Lord, I pray that you would speak knowledge into us, that we will be aware of the wiles of the enemy. For you told us that you would have us not ignorant against his devices. And so, Lord, I hope tonight that you help us, teach us in Grow us in Jesus' name we pray. And the church said amen. amen. Maybe seated. Thank you for standing with us so long tonight. Uh, I want to go back, just very quickly summarize. I want to talk about the, the, the voices in our life. We, uh, again, we live in a culture where there are many, many voices speaking to us all the time. Many voices speaking to us all the time. 
and I have characterized these three voices as the voice of God and then our own voice. We speak to ourselves. How many of you talk to yourself? Everybody in the room should raise their hand right now unless you have some secret that you need to tell us, okay? We all talk to ourselves. Um, and then we have our own voice, and then we have the voice of the enemy. And I think all voices in our lives, all voices in our world, are all voices in our, you know, our sphere of influence or non-influence, all those voices are characterized by three different voices, the voice of God, uh, the voice of me, and the voice of the enemy. Uh, we see this played out in the, in, in the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis. We see the voices in sequential order. The first voice we hear is the voice of God. Let there be light. You can turn me down just a touch. Let there be light. And that's the voice. The first voice we hear is the voice of God. The second voice we hear is the voice of Adam, who's talking to God. And the third voice we hear in the Bible is the voice of the enemy, who says, hey, can't you eat of everything? You know, can't you do this? Uh, and so we characterize these, these voices as we know that it's God's voice if it's peaceful because God is not the author of confusion and God is not trying to bring anything but peace into your world. We know that it's God's voice if, it's, if it has no fear in it because God has not given us a spirit of fear. If it's full of fear, then it didn't come from God because God doesn't speak fear. And we know it's God's voice if it's patient. Because God is not, the only time God wants us to be in a rush is for salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Any other time, God is a wise God. He wants us to be wise people. He tells us to take counsel, to seek counsel, to, to not do things abruptly, uh, to not get ahead of ourselves. So God's voice is always patient. And we know that God's voice is always good. God is not telling you, uh, God doesn't gossip. I talked about this on on, on, on Sunday morning, God doesn't gossip. Uh, if God is telling you something about someone, it's going to be something good. God speaks good. You know it's God's voice if it's good. And sometimes God will speak things that we don't necessarily agree with in our life, but it's still good. It's good for us. You know, you know we know our mothers would come in, we have a bad cough, and they would give us you know, some nasty taste and stuff. And like, but it tastes nasty. I know, but it's good. It ain't, it ain't good to taste, but it's good for you. And sometimes God speaks a thing that it doesn't taste good, but it, it is good for me. And then we know that it's God's voice if it is harmonious with the word, in harmony with the already written word. God will not speak outside of his word. He will not contradict himself when he speaks. And then there are the five characteristics of our voice. We know it's our voice if it's self-serving. Me, me, me. Me, me. And we know that it is our voice if it's rebellious and contempt for authority. And we know it's our voice if it's judgmental, if it's judging us or judging others. We, we, our, our voice wants to be judgmental all the time. We are very petty and we are very negative people. Nobody say amen right there. Okay, a couple of you, a couple of you dishonest, and I appreciate your honesty. Because we're just, we, we're judgy and we're negative. That's us. That's us talking. And then number four is self-pity, victim mentality, excuses. We know it's us, but we're always just trying to blame everybody but us. And then the fifth one is we always speak in the worst-case scenario. You know it's you if, it's, if you're always talking in the worst-case scenario. The worst thing that could possibly happen. 
That's always us. And then tonight, I want to go over with you the five characteristics of the enemy's voice. In our reading tonight, we see the book of Genesis. This is where we uh, meet Satan for the first time in the Bible. And uh, we don't really know him as Satan. We see him, uh, we, we are introduced to him as a serpent. Uh, that, I mean, that's why we don't like snakes. You know, I mean, this, I mean, I mean, there's a few people in the world who just love them, but like, we don't talk to those people. <laughs> We're not friends with those people. And I'm just playing. If you love snakes, that's on you. I mean, this is an animal, but I'm just saying. There is inherent distrust there because when we first meet the Satan, he comes to us as a serpent. He comes as a serpent that can talk. He has a voice. He's talking, and this is the first characteristic of knowing that it's the enemy's voice is he pollutes the word. Notice that I say he pollutes it. And notice that I didn't say that he changes it. The enemy doesn't change God's word. He just pollutes it. He, he brings question to it. The first question mark we see in the Bible is from the enemy. It's the first question mark in the Bible. Hath God said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Question mark. That's the first question mark in the entire word of God. And it comes out of the mouth of the enemy because the enemy always likes to question God's word. He's not necessarily changing it, trying to get you to see something totally different. He's trying to get you to just doubt it. He, he, he cannot change God's word because God said this. God said, heaven and earth will pass away, but not one dot of my word. The Bible calls it a tittle, which is like literally just a mark on a piece of paper. Just a, not one dot of my word shall pass away. My word's not going anywhere, so he can't destroy it. All he can do is pollute it. He just muddies the water. And he, he did not try to change the word for, for Eve. He just tried to, like, did God say that? I mean, is that really what God said? And, and of course, you know, she feeds into it. She talks to him. This is the worst thing you can do is enter into conversation with this fool. Yeah, just, just don't talk to him. He, he, he doesn't deserve a response. You ever had somebody say something to you so dumb, you just couldn't say nothing back to him? You was just like. There's no need for me to say anything now because you've just totally. There's no need for me to talk. No words need to come out of my mouth because I can't respond to such stupidity. It might get on me somehow. This is, this is the action that we need to take with the enemy. Is not is, He doesn't deserve a response. When, when he started talking to her, she engaged him. Let me, let me make something very clear about the enemy. He has no power unless you engage him. Yeah, he, has, he, he, he can do nothing to you uh, unless there, there be an invitation. There has to be an opening for him. You know, he, he sneaks into your life. You know, he, he doesn't come in the right way. He, he never does. 
Do you notice that he doesn't talk to her at the stream? He doesn't talk to her at the apple tree or the pear tree. He doesn't talk to her at the tree of life. He only talks to her at the one tree she can't have. I mean, so this is what it tells me, that the enemy, the enemy's not hanging out everywhere in your life. He ain't, the enemy ain't hanging out at every spot in your life. The enemy's only hanging out at the places that he knows you struggle with. He posted up. He just posted up waiting for you to show up. He, he going to come by here, I'm telling you. He going to come by here. And when he comes by here, I got something I want to ask him. So she comes to the one thing she can't have, and he's there. Wow. He engaged her in conversation because you know it's the enemy's voice when he pollutes what God said. Is this okay? Well, th this will be all right. I know what God said, but, you know, I know what the Bible says, but it it it'll be okay. You know, I know what the Word said, but, you know, times have changed. You ain't never going to change God's Word. It's still a sin. You ain't never going to change God's Word. I, I don't care what your issue is specifically. It, it doesn't change God's word. The enemy is talking because he wants to confuse us with what God said. All he does is bring confusion into her world through his voice, and he gets her to respond. In, in, in the action of conversation is where he convinces her to really see it. She, in, in, in verse 6, we, we see this. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise. You see this appealing to all of her flesh. The enemy's voice will try to change God's word to appease your flesh. She saw that it was good that it was pleasant, that it was to be desired, so she ate it. Yeah. We know that it's the, voices, the voice of the enemy when it pollutes the word. Read for me um, Matthew 16, in the book of Matthew chapter 16, verses 21 through 23. It says, from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how he must go unto Jerusalem. And suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised up again the third day. Watch verse 22. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him saying, be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, get thee behind me, Satan, for thou art an offense to me, for thou savorest not the things of God, but those that be of men. The second characteristic of the, of the enemy's voice is that he will try to distract you and detour you. Yeah, he doesn't want you to go where God wants you to go. Now, we know that this was the voice of Peter, but when I, when I say voices, God recognized that voice, even though it was the voice of his friend, who he would later call Peter his friend, even though he knew it was the voice of his friend, he recognized it as the voice of the enemy. And he didn't rebuke Peter, he rebuked Satan. 
who was trying to speak through him. You see, we all look at Judas because we know that the Satan entered Judas. The Bible says that Satan entered Judas, and when Satan entered Judas, Jesus looked at Judas and said, hey, what you do, go do it quickly. He let the enemy move him towards his destination, but he rebuked Satan when he entered into Peter and tried to detour him. Think about this for a second. Let us sink in what I just said. The enemy, that Satan enters Peter and tries to distract Jesus and detour him. He says, I rebuke you. I rebuke that spirit that tries to detour me. But the same Satan enters into Judas, and when he does, Jesus looks at him and says, go ahead, do what you're about to do. Because Jesus knew, you're going to push me into my destiny. But the first time Satan came to Jesus, he didn't come to him to push him to his destiny. He came to distract him. He said, I'll let you, I'll let you go do what you're about to do because it's going to push me to my destiny. But I refuse to listen to your voice that tries to distract me and detour me. He was okay with Satan taking Judas and doing what he did, but he was not okay with Satan taking Peter and speaking to him and telling him, oh, look, you don't got to do this. Lord, you don't have to do this. This is too hard for you. Don't think like this, Jesus. Jesus says, Satan, I rebuke you. I see you in there, Satan. I'm looking past Peter, and I'm seeing the voice of the enemy. Listen, you got to be careful. Sometimes the enemy don't use your friend's voice to give you bad advice. Ain't nobody want to talk back to you to preach on a Wednesday night. It was the voice of a friend, but it was the voice of Satan. He just gave him bad advice. You don't have to do this. You don't need to do this. This is, uh, we don't have to do that stuff. Come on now, man. That's just too hard. It's too much. We don't got to do all that. Satan, I rebuke you because you're trying to get me off track. I know it's the enemy's voice when it's full of distractions. God doesn't send distractions. God doesn't send stuff like that. That's not from God. And I... And I know it's not for me because it's hard for me to talk myself that, that way. There's some things that it's easy for me to say to me, but there's other things I never talk to myself that way. I know it's the enemy because he's saying things that I would never say. Oh. The enemy thinks of things that I, I wouldn't think of. Oh, I didn't think of that. You ever had somebody tell you something, you go, oh, I didn't think of that. You got to be careful. Got to be careful. Oh, I didn't. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And the enemy will convince you through the voice of a friend who's being used by the enemy. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying, that, listen, I'm not trying to make no little Buffy the Vampire Slayers out here now. And you traveling around trying to cast a devil out of everybody in your life. Okay, <laughs> calm down, Sally. Calm down. All right. Don't, I'm not saying that. We, there ain't a devil around every corner. All right? Stop trying to be spooky spiritual. There's not a devil around every corner, but the enemy will distract you. Facts. The enemy does not want you to fulfill your destiny. The enemy does not want you to pick up your cross. He don't want you to pick up your cross. And so he'll say things like, you don't, have, you don't, this, you don't need to do all this. You could do something different. It's okay. You know? 
And we know it's the enemy's voice when he tries to distract us and detour us. Read for me uh, the book of Luke. The book of Luke, and I'm, I'm moving forward very quickly tonight, but the book of Luke chapter 4. I want to read verse 1 through 3, and then I'm going to read verse 10 through 11. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days and tempted of the devil. And in those days, he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee, and in their hands shall he bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. We know this, this whole portion of Scripture is where Jesus goes to the wilderness. He fasts 40 days and 40 nights. And the Bible says after he does this, he's, he's tired, he's weak, he's hungry. And the enemy comes, Satan comes, and begins to tempt him. He, first, he tempts his flesh. He said, make these stones into bread. Serve yourself with your powers and your gift. Use your powers to serve you. You, you, use what you have in you to serve yourself, feed yourself. Just turn these stones into bread. You, you could do it. And Jesus says, no, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but that man shall, you know, by every word that proceeded from the mouth of God. Then he says, okay, let me, uh, let me appeal to your ego. And he says, I'll take you up on the temple. He took him up on the temple, and at the top of the temple, he said, now cast yourself down. And, 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 and let the angels raise you up and, and prove to these Sadducees and Pharisees who hate you, prove to them that you are who you say you are. He appeals to his ego. Use your power to make yourself look good. Yeah. Anybody want to talk back to me? He said, he said use your power to make yourself look fancy. He said, uh... The, 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 the word of God said, it is written that, that you shall not tempt the Lord thy God. He says, okay, okay, I, I know where you came. And he pulls him up into the mountain, and he shows him all the kingdoms of the world. He said, now you know all this is mine, and I'll give you all of the. I know it's what you came for. You came for all of this. You came to own the world. You came to be the, the most powerful man alive. I, I know this is what you came for, and, but it belongs to me right now, and I'll give you all of this if you'll just bow down and you'll worship me. Just, just, just bow down, worship me, and I'll give you all of this. He says, no, but it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Because we know it's the enemy's voice when he starts speaking to us when we are spiritually or physically weak. When we are spiritually and physically weak, he talks. Now, I know this because there's been times in my life when I have given myself out spiritually over a period of time, weeks at a time, maybe even days at a time where I've given myself out spiritually. I've prayed, I have preached, I have sang the songs of, of God I have given to people spiritually, spiritually, spiritually. And then in the next couple days after that, when I'm trying to rest, those are my most, they're the worst days. Because the enemy talks to me in those days. My wife is here tonight. She will tell you that my Mondays are horrible. 
I struggle on Mondays. And the reason is because I'm spiritually weak. I've given out. I've, I've studied throughout the week. I've spent time alone with God. And on Sunday, I deliver what has been put into me and to you. And I deliver what has been put into me through this church. And a, a lot of times I've maybe traveled and preached on a Tuesday or, 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 or preached on the Thursday and a Friday. And now I'm back here preaching again on a Sunday. I've given out. And on Monday, when I'm weak, I'm physically weak and I'm spiritually weak, the enemy starts talking. I get in my head. I start thinking things. Now, now, now listen, uh, a lot of preachers ain't going to be transparent with you like this because they're trying to, some personification that they somebody big and bad, elder, bishop, deacon, whatever they want to call themselves. I don't care what they call themselves. They're just a man. You can call yourself whatever you want to call yourself. You can put on your purple robe. You can wear your little collar. Do all you want to do, but you're just a man. That's all you is. That's all you're ever going to be. And you're going to go through ebbs and flows, and the enemy will talk to you. And you need to be careful. You need to be careful when you are spiritually weak and when you are physically weak. Because that's when the devil would like to speak to you, and he's going to appeal to three things in you. He's going to appeal to your flesh. He's going to appeal to your ego. And he's going to attack your worship. Yeah. And you got to be very careful in those times. It's in those moments of, of weakness. Sometimes it's emotional weakness. It's in those times when, when, you're, when you're emotionally weak, you're spiritually weak, you're, you're physically weak. It's in those moments when you start believing the dumbest stuff. I know people that have been through, through like, you know, some, some uh, very natural things in life, you know, like just very natural downs of uh, having a surgery or maybe something changed in their life or they got a new job and they, you know, and uh, they're working third shift. And, you know, they go through these natural things and those natural moments of weakness turn into spiritual overloads and they start believing stuff and you know, people don't love me, and no one cares, and I don't even know if I believe this anymore. And it's real. It's just this real talk tonight. It's in those moments. The enemy talks to you most when you're just weak. Because when you're strong, it's hard for him to come at you when you're strong. Yeah. When, when Jesus was strong and the devil said, you don't have to do these things, he said, I rebuke you. But he didn't rebuke him. When he was weak, he didn't rebuke him. When he was weak, he only had one line of defense. When he was weak, he could only use the word. Three times he said, it is written. I, he said, I'm so weak, I, can't, I, I, I don't know what's real and what's not real, but I do know the word. And it is written that, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And, and, and I don't know whether I'm coming and I'm going. I'm very weak. I'm very tired. I, all this is sounding really good to me, but it is written that you shall not tempt the Lord thy God. This is why you need to know the word of God. It's more than a book. It's a shield. It's more than a book. It's a helmet. It's more than a book. It's a breastplate. It's more than a book. When you're weak and when you're hurting, the only thing that really makes sense is what's already been written. 
The enemy can lie to you a thousand times, and when you're strong, you say, that's a lie. But when you're weak, you got to go back to the only thing that still stands. And he said, my word will not pass away. It is yea, and it is amen. It is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It is a sure foundation, and when I'm struggling, the word is the, that, that, that stand that I stand on. I, 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 that's all I got. I don't know what to say. I don't know what they said. I don't know what she said. I don't know what he said, but I do know what God said. And God said, I shall only worship him. Yeah. There's some people in this church tonight that are weak. You're weak. You're spiritually weak. You're physically weak. You're, you're emotionally weak. You're mentally weak. And that doesn't make you a bad person. And you hear me tonight as your pastor. I prophesied to you, you are not crazy. You're not crazy. You're just weak. And it's okay. Because the Bible told us that when those among us that are weak, that those that are strong should come around. Yeah. And we come around and, 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 and we hold up. But here's what we need from you. We need you to admit you're weak. We need, because the problem is, is that that strong face you got painted on, it fools us. That smile you got painted on, it fools us. We're, we're not mind readers. I'm sorry. I can't, I don't always know. Because you come in and you're like, hi, oh, hi, God bless you. And we know how to do it. We know how to do it. We're so good at it. We're so good at it. We're so good at it that we have negated all of our help. Because we pass you and we think, oh, she's good. Oh, he's good. Oh, he's great. I, I just talked to him yesterday. He's fine. But if you just say, hey, you know what, Pastor Javis? I'm, I'm doing okay, but, but, but I'm struggling. Hey, you know what, brother? You know what, sister? Man, you know what? It's, it's, it's been tough. I'm, I need some encouragement. Just let us know. It's okay. You know what? When Jesus fought off the enemy, the Bible said that he almost fell, but the angels came and grabbed him. And they ministered to him. And we all need an angel to come alongside and minister to us. I'm going to finish this very quick tonight. First Chronicles 21, verses 1 through 2, and then I'm going to read verse 7. Watch this in, in verse 1 of Chronicles. The Bible said, And Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. And David said to Joab and to the rulers of the people, Go, number Israel from Beersheba even to Dan, and bring the number of them to me that I may know it. Watch verse 7. And God was displeased with this thing, therefore he smote Israel. Because of this, there was a war in Rabbah, there was a war in Ammon, there was a war in Jezar, and there was a war in Philistine, and there was another war in Gath. Because of this mistake that David made, he didn't make it on his own, Satan provoked him. We know it's Satan's voice when it appeals to our flesh. David wanted to know how many people do we have? 
Here's what God told David. God told David, said, David, don't worry about how many people you got. You got enough. Don't count. You got plenty. Don't, don't worry about that. Because if you get out there and you start counting, and you try, try to outdo yourself. And then you're looking at other people seeing how many they got. How many y'all got? And it's a problem in the church. I tell you it's a problem in the church because, you know, when I travel, I go places. The first question that people ask me as a pastor is, so how many of y'all running? I mean, it's the first question. How many of y'all run over there at Truth Chapel? It varies. It varies. I don't know. Like two Sundays ago, it was like 414. Last Sunday, it was like 470. I don't know. It varies. Well, how many of y'all got on the roll? The roll. The 1975, man. She got that little thing in the back that says, last Sunday's offering, man. <laughs> uh, 2022, man. Come on into the, come with us. There's a thing called the internet. Come in. Come with us. But, but, but it's a flesh thing. God knew that David couldn't handle it. He said, don't count them. But Satan came and said, you ought to count. Because it appealed to him. You ought to count. You ought to count. We know that it's the enemy's voice when it makes us look good. It appeals to us. Here's how I know it's the enemy's voice. Because the enemy will give me ideas to make myself look good that I could have never come up with. Mm. It's good to be aware of this. It's good to be aware because sometimes me and you like to manipulate situations so that we come out looking better on the other side, no matter who it hurts in between. And that is the voice of the enemy. The voice of the enemy wants us to look good. It appeals to our flesh. It appeals to us, our ego. This is what happened in, in, in the last one where Satan was appealing to the ego of Jesus and the flesh of Jesus. He was appealing to that man. He was saying, use your power to make this bread. Use your power to cast yourself down and lift yourself up. Show them people that you are who you say you are. Use your power to prove to them that they're wrong. Use your gift. You, use your gift to make them look like fools. Make yourself look good. And I've, I've, I've watched it before. I've seen many times when people have used their gift to make themselves look good. The, the only problem is, is that... At, it's going to backfire at some point. Pastor John has a very hilarious story of a, a prophet. Um, well, it's a, a, a person who calls himself a prophet. I don't know. If you got to self-name yourself, I don't, I, don't know what that, I don't know what that means. But I, I do believe in prophets. There are prophets in this world. But, but, but if you put it on your card, I just don't know about that. If you go into Vista Print, having to print out profit, uh, uh, come on, bro. I just, I just don't know. But Pastor John has a very funny story. This prophet is at this church, and and Pastor John was there, and and he was going through the crowd, you know, telling people, "You got somebody here got a knee problem." Of course. <laughs> like right now, if I said somebody here got a knee problem, how many of y'all can stand up? Yeah, one, two, exactly. 
That's not being prophetic. That's just being observant. That's called using statistics. I feel like somebody here has a little problem with the sugar. Exactly. Okay. All right. All right. Stop, stop raising your hand. <laughs> like it's not, you know, you know what I'm saying? So you, you get these people with this guy was like going through the crowd doing this kind of stuff. And he saw a guy. He said, hey, I remember you from last time. He said, last time I was here, God healed, God healed your ears. And the guy said, huh? <laughs> Got to be careful. Trying to make yourself look good. God going to get you. God going to get you. Listen, if you got the gift of prophecy, you ain't got to tell nobody. All you got to do is say, listen, the Lord told me. And when you start telling people what they ate for dinner two nights ago, they're like, okay, I'm listening. <laughs> Speak, Lord. Listen. When you become known in, in, in the religious, you know, circles, when you become known and you get a name, you know, because, you know, I don't know if you know this or not, and it's not something that I brag about. I don't care about this at all, but, you know, I have a name. And so when you get a little name and people know who you are, everybody got a word for you. I have heard so many words. I mean, I could go on all night. Because, like, when people see you and they know, like, you have a little bit of, oh, oh, I know this guy. They, you know, they want to get in good with you, so they have a word for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lord told me. And, like, okay. Well, thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Well, if all them words would have come true, come I'm telling y'all what, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> no, sir. You got to, at some point, God is telling her, hey, don't worry. Don't worry about all that. I'll do the counting. Let me, let me handle all of that. All you need to do is worry about you. And Satan, when we know it's Satan's voice, when he comes in and says, hey, you need to count every, you need to show everybody everything you got. You need to, you need to make it public. Make it public. Let everybody see what you've done. Get on your Instagram and tell them, 17 days into my 21-day fast. God's really been working on me. Well, apparently not too much. <laughs> Just been reading my Bible this morning. Coffee and Jesus. Thanks for letting us know. We was all sitting around wondering, I wonder what they're doing this morning. I wonder what they got going on. Don't let the enemy speak to you and appeal to your flesh. My last one tonight, I'm closing. Revelation chapter 12, verses 10 through 11. Read it. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcome him by the, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives unto the death. Number five, the, the fifth characteristic of Satan's voice is that it is accusatory. You know what Satan's voice when he's accusing others. And you know what Satan's voice when he's accusing you. He likes to throw accusations. 
If it can't be proven, it's an accusation. This may or may not have happened. It's an accusation. They may or may have not said this. It's an accusation. You know it's the enemy's voice when it's accusatory. Whether it's accusing you of what you've done in your past, or whether it's accusing of somebody of what you don't know for sure if they did, but they may have. And you know what accusations do? Accusations lead to sentencing. That's what happens. You accuse somebody of something and pretty soon you've sentenced them. And you're treating them as if it really happened. Or you're treating yourself as if it really, as if it really happened. We know this, that the enemy is the accuser of the brethren. And the Bible says that he accuses you and me to God day and night. Lord, look at what they did. Look at what they said. Listen, you are no more like Satan than when you accuse people. That's his modus operandi. That's his mode of operation. That's how we know he is who he is, is because he accuses us day and night. And when we get a spirit of accusing people, well, I know, I know what she said. Well, did you hear it? No, I didn't really hear it, but I, I noticed what she was saying. She's talking about me over there. She's in that corner over there with them other girls. They was talking about me. Well, oh, what did she say? Well, I don't know what she said, but I know she's talking about me. Well, that's accusing. You have no idea. They could be talking about Pokemon. They ain't talking about you. They could be talking about the price of tea in China. They could be talking about these, these gas prices. Anybody want to talk about that tonight? Because we all got to drive home. It's going to cost most of us eight, nine dollars to drive home tonight. Good gracious. It could, they could not have been talking about you at all, but you're accusing. And so I, I, I know, you know what, that's the enemy in my head. That's the enemy making this stuff up. It's trying to get me to accuse people of stuff I don't even know they did or not. Let me tell you something, church. There's no place in the kingdom of God for people who accuse. You know what Jesus is? If Satan is the great accuser, Jesus is the great forgiver. Listen, listen. You are, no more, you are no more like Satan than when you accuse. And you're no more like Jesus than when you forgive. Don't let the enemy talk to you. Don't let his voice talk to you. And when you recognize his voice, do what Jesus did and rebuke him. When you're strong, rebuke him. I rebuke you, Satan. Get thee behind me. I'm not listening to that mess. And when you're weak, lean on the word. When you don't know what else to say, just say, it is written. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. And I know, I know. You see, you know, this lesson, and I'm finished. This lesson has not really been, you know, to really inspire as much as it's been to educate. A lot of us have a lot of stuff going on in our head, and we just don't know how to recognize it. This is educate. I, I, I want you to be able to recognize what's happening. And when you recognize it, you can do something about it. Jesus said, God said in his word that he said, my people perish because they lack knowledge. They just, they just don't know. And so they don't know they are susceptible 
to simple things. They just don't know. They don't know because they've been lied to. It's a very good book. It's a very easy read. You should read it. It's by an by author's name is Andy Andrews. Andy Andrews has written many books, The Noticer, uh, The Gift, The Traveler's Gift. All these books are amazing. You should read them all. Anything by Andy Andrews, you should read. But he has one book called How to Kill 11 Million People. It's a great book. <laughs> and you know how to kill 11 million people? You lie to them. He, it's a story of how Hitler was able to kill 11 million people. Now, I, I know you think that he only killed 6 million because it was just the Jews. But you forgot about the poets and the preachers and the homosexuals and the politicians. He killed a lot more people than just Jews. He killed everybody who did not fit into his world. He killed them all. He killed 11 million people. You know how he did it? He just lied to them. He said, hey, come on, get in, man. We got jobs for you. And they got in. Before they realized, it was too late. He told his own people. He said, these people, are, these people carry disease. They will disease your children. Don't, don't, don't send your, your kids to school with them. They, 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 will, they, they will disease your children. They'll, they'll, it, 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 these people need to be eradicated. People said, oh, okay, let's eradicate them. You know how you kill 11 million people? You just lie to them. Propaganda. You know, what the, you know how the enemy defeats us? He just lies to us. He makes us believe something that is inherently not true. It's just not true. It's not real. It never happened. It's not true. But if this world, if human beings can control human beings by lying to them, which is happening even today in your country right now, if you be controlled by lies, our souls are being manipulated because we, we don't know this word good enough to say, that ain't right. That just don't match up. This word is our greatest defense against every lie from the enemy and every lie from ourselves. The voice that defeats them all is the voice of God. And that voice I need to recognize. And you know how I recognize that voice? I listen to it every day. I read it every day, his voice. Because in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. This is him. I'm putting him in me and his voice counteracts all other voices. And when I'm confused, I have his voice. And when I'm hurting, I have his voice. And when I'm offended, I have his voice. And when, and when I'm weak, I, I have his voice. And his voice is the greatest voice in my life. And when I'm talking, I can say, look, self, shut up. That's you. And when the enemy's talking, I can say, be thou rebuked. Because that's you. But God's voice is the voice that needs to resound over all even my own, in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me? And as you stand, would you lift your voice to heaven? And would you ask God? I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.